so I had a few friends that are Scorpios. And they, when I told them that I was having this guest on the show, they said, I want to know, am I still a Scorpio? I'm still this. And I, I have to admit, I'm way behind in this, that there is supposedly some new zodiac sign or whatever. So, of course, I'm going to go to the expert, which is astrologer and healer, DK Brainerd. Hello, DK. Hey, Lisa. How are you? And can you help my friends who feel like they aren't their sign anymore? I'm great, and thanks for having me on the show, and yes, I can. Okay, what's if you're this about? Scorpio, if you were a Scorpio two weeks ago, you're still a Scorpio, and um, same goes for all the other signs. So okay, so explain this. Someone just woke up someday and said, hey, I'm going to create some new sign called Opa something or other. <laughs> yeah, I'll be okay. This has actually been going around for a while. I don't know how long. The first time I saw it was a couple of years ago, and it was an astrologer who was kind of putting this out there. And this time it was this astronomer from New Zealand. You know, so, I mean, my first thing is it's kind of a publicity stunt, and it really worked for this guy from New Zealand, so good for him. Um, But it, it is, it's based on fact. It's just a really radical misinterpretation of fact. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna launch into the explanation and just feel free to jump in if I'm not okay. making sense because it's kind of complicated. But basically, the Earth wobbles on, as it rotates on its axis, and that wobble over a period of 26,000 years causes the solstices and the equinox points, which are the four corners of the year. So the spring equinox in March 21st is the start of spring. The winter solstice on December 21st, you know, is the beginning of the winter season in the northern hemisphere, etc. So, over a period of 26,000 years, those solstice points—they happen on the same day. But if you could look out far enough to see what we call the fixed wheel of the stars or the fixed wheel of the constellations, those points actually rotate against the backdrop of the stars, and they make a complete circle every 26,000 years. Whoa. It's called precession of the equinoxes. People have been aware of that for thousands of years and paying attention to it. Okay, so what that means is that the sign that we call Scorpio right now, if you look at the constellations way, way out there in space, during the Scorpio period of the year, which is October, November, the constellation out there when the sun rises would actually be Libra. And in another couple thousand years, it will be Virgo. You know, and then 26,000 or 24,000 years from now, it'll be back to Scorpio. Okay, Okay, so unless my friends plan on sticking around for that amount of time, they will always be Scorpio. Yeah. Now, there is another form of astrology, and it's principally practiced in India and among Hindus, which is called Vedic astrology. And Vedic astrology uses the constellations as they are now. So if you're a Scorpio in Western astrology, you would actually be a Libra in Vedic astrology. But interestingly enough, their interpretation of signs is different, so you kind of end up with the same flavor. But basically, astrology, the way we know it, describes an energy quality. Each of the signs describes a flavor of energy, 
that's derived from the quality of that season or from the angle that the sun has to the earth. So Taurus, for example, and astrology was developed in the Northern Hemisphere. Taurus is the sign of the bull, and it's associated with uh, fertility and things blossoming, nature, mm-hmm. hard work, you know, all these uh, sort of sensual, earthy kind of qualities. And Taurus happens to be the period of the year where spring is really at its peak. Aries, which is the first sign of the zodiac, has all of these qualities of initiation and new beginnings. And Aries is actually the start of spring, which is the start of the astrological year. So what really happened is that these qualities were developed for each of the signs, and then they were kind of projected out onto the constellations that happened to be there. Hmm. 2,000 years ago when astrology was being written down. Okay. Does that make sense? So it's like yeah. the, the signs are going to say who they are. Okay. No, that's that's very good. I, You know, as you were saying about the different characteristics of the sign, different signs, it, it makes me wonder why certain signs, I would say, get a bad rap. For example, Gemini. Anybody that suddenly says something about Gemini, there's always that, oh, and the rolling of the eyes. And I'm like, is that really true that there are signs that are better than others to be born under? More fortunate, I guess, or abundant? Um, you know, yes and no. Each of the signs has its quality. And I want to go back to the 13th constellation, Apiochus, at some point, too. But um, each of the signs has its own quality, and I think Gemini gets a bad rap because Gemini is the ultimate, it's a mental sign, it's an air sign, and it's ruled by the mental planet Mercury. So it's very extreme mentality. And Geminis get a bad rap because, uh, you know, and it, it really depends on what sign you're talking to. Some people, with some people, Aries, you know, is just like the worst and stay away from Aries. And then a lot of people are afraid of Scorpios. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and there's a reason for that. So it's like each of these signs has its strengths and weaknesses. But I think with the Gemini, people have a hard time dealing with Geminis because they can be so mental that they don't uh, maybe connect to people emotionally. And wherever their, wherever their mental whims or curiosity takes them, they'll tend to flow with that. And there's not a, not a lot of stability associated with that. Right. Scorpio, on the other hand, I get along. I'm a Pisces. I'm another water sign. I get along great with Scorpios. No love wonder Scorpio. I love you because I'm a Cancer. Yeah, yeah. So we, so that's you know, so that's one thing. The signs in the same element, water signs, tend to we understand each other because we're feelers. And mm-hmm. so you and I, we feel the world in much the same way, and that makes it easy for us to connect. Yeah. Whereas Cancer and Gemini, since they're next to each other and they're in different elements, they're just com- the signs that are next to each other are more opposite than the signs that are opposite from each other, because okay. each sign tends to be a reaction against the preceding sign. So, take Gemini and Cancer. Gemini is an air sign, very mental. You know, everything's about thinking for the sake of thinking. Very chatty, communicative, but you know tend to be a little ADD, kind of attention deficit. And then the next sign, Cancer, is this really deep emotional feeling, sensing sign. So mm-hmm. it's like this reaction to the extreme mentality of Gemini. And so Gemini and Cancer will tend to have a hard time getting along. 
because you don't you're not really seeing each other. Gemini's yeah. like, well, why are you why are you like so deep in these feelings? Why don't you just go out, <laughs> talk to some, have a conversation, or read a book? You know. <laughs> oh, and cancer, so like, cool. will you just stop talking? And like, I'm telling you, this is extremely emotional. You know, <laughs> this is life or death. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that is true, and so there is some you know weight to the fact that when you look at an astrological, you know, chart or circle, and so the person that's right next to you or the sign that's right next to you, you might have a little bit harder time getting along with than the sign that is across from you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. The signs that are across, so for you, your opposite sign would be Capricorn. And Capricorn, so Cancer is a watery earth sign. Um, it's very concerned with feelings and with feeling secure and with mothering and nurturing. And Capricorn's your total opposite. It's an earth sign, which is all about the material world. And it's extremely ambitious and success-oriented. And they, Capricorn's really, like, if they have feelings, they're not really comfortable with that and they don't really want you to know about it. You know, they're out to conquer the world and they're going to do it step-by-step, step, whatever it takes. But those two energies are actually really complementary. Okay. Um, because Capricorn can provide that security and that structure for Cancer's emotions to flow through. And then Capricorn, after you know a long day or a long year or a long lifetime of striving and working and trying to get success in the material world, really needs that emotional nurturing and sensitivity. Cancer brings in. Ultimately, the opposite signs are just an energy continuum. So they have they have the same underlying motivation, which for Cancer and Capricorn really is security. Mm-hmm. Cancer wants to feel secure by creating this nurturing, warm, emotional environment and saying, "If I love you enough, you won't leave me." Capricorn tries to do the same thing by creating enough status and success and money and saying. You know, if I provide enough for you, then you won't leave me. Okay. And how how can knowing what our sign is and following uh, what our sign says about us, how can that help us in our everyday life? Well, I think the thing I love most about astrology is that, and, and it is, you know, it is deeper than just your sun sign. So when I sit down with somebody and do their chart, there are all these other archetypes. Like, where is your moon sign? That represents your emotional body. Where is your Mercury? That represents how your mind works. So Mercury and Capricorn people tend to be very mentally structured. They don't like anything out of the out of the box or out of the ordinary. Whereas the next sign over, Mercury and Aquarius people, are all about, like, what's new, what's innovative, what's progressive, you know, how can I, like, blow this up and create some wild experiment, you know? So all of the different archetypes um, modify what your sun sign is. But in a general level, what you can do with your sun sign is you can say, hey, you know, this is my fundamental approach to the world. This is my fundamental flavor of energy. So Mm -hmm. if you're a cancer sun sign, you know that you, um, you need to have people in your life who can if not totally understand your emotionality, at least respect it. Yeah. Cancers are extremely emotionally sensitive, and if you let somebody, you know, like maybe an extreme Gemini or um, a really, you know, say a a Sagittarian who's just like totally on fire but has no time to slow down and pay attention to to your feelings, 
that's going to be very toxic for you. Yeah, and you know, by the way, um, these charts that DK does, I'm actually staring at mine that you did for me. Um, I think it was two years ago or a year and a half ago. I got to look at the date up there. But I do look through, and the way he breaks it down, and he talks about strengths and certain signs, um, what everything means. So you're not just looking at a chart with little tiny. Uh, little markings all over them and not knowing what they are. You can go to wordsforthepeople.com and get more information about DK and how to get your own chart taken care of. So that's wordsforthepeople.com. Now you wanted to go back and finish up about this, this whole new, uh, zodiac sign. So go ahead and, and finish what you wanted to say about that. Okay. So, you know, if you look out, if you look at a star chart, there are hundreds and hundreds of constellations out there. And so you could really stick a new constellation anywhere in the wheel of the zodiac and just throw a new constellation. Say, you know, why not take um, half of Cancer? And, and I'm not looking at a star chart, so I don't know what else is out there besides that constellation. But, you know, say the, the Big Dipper's out there somewhere. Why not just rename half of Cancer, you know, the Big Dipper? And mm. wouldn't people with the Big Dipper sign be really excited? Because then we could come up with all these new <laughs> interpretations for, you know, you used to be a cancer and have all this extreme emotionality and this loyalty and, you know, family is really important to you. And now you're the Big Dipper, you're pouring out your emotions out <laughs> on the world or whatever, you know. So um, I'm not saying that it's not valid, you know, if, and if, if the symbolism of Apiochus works for you Scorpios that your sign would change and that works for you, then, you know, go ahead. But I think it's kind of a, it's kind of a ploy to cater to our, our desire for newness. And we're also at this time where things are changing so rapidly. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the way we're doing, just the whole world is changing so rapidly. Yeah, so what's that, your take on the whole 2012 thing? Speak on that a little bit. <clears throat> My take is that we're in 2012 right now. Okay. So if you go back to the precession of the equinoxes that we talked about earlier, which is a 26,000-year cycle, that's one of the major cycles associated with 2012, mm-hmm. is that in the cycle of the equinoxes, the winter solstice lines up with the center of the galaxy, and that happens every 26,000 years. But you're talking about the center of our galaxy, which is a giant amount of real estate, right? It's not like this little um, millimetric line or this kind of pinprick point of light out in space. It's like this huge region, you know? So anything with that big of a cycle, you're not going to see a shift that happens from December 20th to December 21st, 2012. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Y2K. You know, I think Y2K is a good analogy for this. You remember how Y2K, everybody was just terrified that the whole world Freaked was out. People were stocking up on water and food and thinking the world was going to end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and so in some ways, the world did end. But it just took a longer period of time, and it actually started before Y2K. So I would look back at the mid-'90s as the period where we stopped using... Tape, you know, cassette tapes and cassette tapes, phone answering machines. And we made this real switch from analog to digital. 
that continues, you know. I mean, now we've got video phones and all this really cool stuff that you can do with analog technology. So 2012 is the same thing. I mean, we've been in it for years, and we are feeling it accelerate Mm -hmm. as we get closer to that date. But I really believe that what 2012 signifies is a shift in consciousness. And, you know, John Major Jenkins, he's one of the great 2012 scholars, I heard him on an interview a couple of years ago, and he said, if you look at the Mayan literature, there's nothing in the Mayan literature related to 2012 that says anything about the world being destroyed by fire or Armageddon or nuclear war or anything like that. He said the reason that the ego, the collective ego, portrays it like that is that it does symbolize an ego death which is that we have the opportunity to move into more of a unity consciousness. Hmm. And the ego is terrified of that because the ego depends for its existence on us, on convincing us that we're separated, that we're isolated, you know, that we need to fight against everybody else who's trying to take our good stuff away from us. Hmm. So I believe 2012 is really this, um, and we're making it up as we go along. You know, we could create Armageddon. And if we don't change some of our core beliefs and attitudes, you know, about how we're going through the world, we might actually end up doing that. I really hope not. Yeah, I, I, I hope we've not all as suffered well, enough already. You know. Yeah, and you know, the ego. You were talking about that. That <laughs> the ego loves to keep you in check and sort of say, um, "You can't be all that you think you can be." And I think when you talked about the shift in consciousness. It's about us really paying attention to what is our passion. What can we do to assist and help others? How can we live our lives to the fullest potential? And I think a lot of people, I mean, it's already started with people being forced out of certain careers and then having to start other careers. And I, and I think more people are, are going to be moving towards what it is that they were put on this earth to do. Absolutely. And that, you know, and we, I mean, we all have egos, you know, I think the ego is a necessary part of the psyche in this dimension that we're living in. So, um, you know, there's this kind of sometimes new age belief that, well, if you just get rid of your ego, you know, then everything will be perfect. Well, I don't know if that really is very realistic. Yeah. But... What, what's been happening, you know, the ego is resists change. And, and as humans, we tend to, even if we're in really uncomfortable, a job that we hate and our hair is falling out and we're sick because we have to go to this job every day and we just can't stand it. It's toxic. Or we're in a marriage or a relationship, you know, where the same thing. We, we absolutely, it's killing us. But we just tend to stay in things. And... This period that we're in right now is this massive period of global change, and it is forcing people out of that uncomfortable comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we get the opportunity to say, well, what do I really want to do? You know, when, when your whole life has fallen into ashes around you, then you can actually say, okay, well, here I am. I'm starting over. What would I really like to do? And the other thing that this is forcing people to do is it's forcing us to connect with other human beings and find our community or find our tribe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and most of us have been so wounded in our families and just 
I mean, going to, if you went to any kind of regular school, I think that can be a very wounding experience for many of us. <laughs> that we we don't know how to connect. Yeah, so yeah. This, this time that we're is forcing us to, like, learn how to get along. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So uh, people, push yourselves a little. As Neil Donald Walsh says, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And we can be going right into that, not with fear and trepidation, but with excitement and joy about what's coming next. And if you'd like to know a little bit more about astrology or maybe get your chart done or just check out DK because you are on Empower Radio with us. You are, are my colleague, and you always have um, – tell us a little about your site. What will people see if they go to wordsofthepeople.com, wordsforthepeople.com? Um, I do free horoscopes for every sign every week. So there's a free horoscope for the week and Libra and Virgo and all the other great signs, even the signs that you don't like. So if you're wondering, <laughs> if you're wondering what your pet peeve sign is up to this week, you can check that out for free. Uh, I do a a, um, a video forecast every month, and I'm still working on getting this month's up, but it should be up by the end of today. And then I do a, a twice a month podcast for Empower Radio that looks at some of the astrology in more detail. In the last several podcasts, I've actually been, and, and that's on the Empower Radio site, so if you go to empowerradio.com and look at my page, that'll be up there. And I've actually been focusing, and lots of articles too, just about, okay. so I've got an article on the 13th sign and whether your sign has changed or not. And then in the podcast, I've really been focusing on some of these questions, like what does 2012 mean? What is the future going to look like? What can we expect things to morph into 15 or 20 years from now? All right. Well, we are ready to morph with you, DK. Thank you so much for being here and explaining all of this, and I will make sure that my Scorpio friends listen. So thanks for being with us. It has been such a pleasure. You're the greatest. I love what you're doing. So keep up the good work. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, DK. Hey, and thanks, everybody, for choosing to be positive now.